Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Today's episode features an excerpt of an SG Engage webinar, Keep Calm and Carry On, Handling Unplanned Budget Changes. During the episode, you'll hear Mary Aquino and Melissa Rancor from Blackboard University talk about planning for budget shifts by identifying potential causes and understanding the legal process and fundraising impacts. Click on the link in the show notes to access the full webinar to learn how to coach your staff to communicate budget changes to stakeholders and supporters. Hi, I'm Mary. And I'm the Blackboard University curriculum lead for Financial Edge NXT. And I've been with Blackboard for 24 years. I've always worked with the financial product. And I'm also a certified nonprofit accounting professional, which means I've got some experience in the nonprofit accounting side of things. But I also dabble in fundraising a little bit. And I'm super passionate about helping you all understand how important it is to um, effectively communicate between departments. It's super important, and I'm absolutely passionate about it. And I've got with me my coworker and teammate for many years, Melissa Rancour. Mel, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa Rancourt, but at work, everybody calls me Mel because there are so many Melissas in the world. So we found that's a little bit easier. I've only been at BlackBot for 13 years. Normally, people think that's a lot of years until I follow along with Mary, and she's been there 24 years. So I'm still a baby in BlackBot years. But I have worked with BlackBot software for many years before that. Before I came to BlackBot, I worked in a lot of different areas like for-profit, healthcare, higher education, tech, finance, and as I said before, I was a Razor's Edge customer at some nonprofit organizations beforehand. I am a mother of two boys, one girl, and four fur babies, which means during COVID, we have a very full house. I'm very passionate about helping organizations efficiently fulfill their missions and I'm the curriculum lead for everything certifications at BlackBot and also ultra and organizational best practices. So enough about us. Let's go ahead and kick off our content. So today we're here to talk about how can you prepare for budget shifts. Budget shifts happen all the time, but last year many of us realized we can have some really big budget shifts happening, especially when something like a pandemic, which is new to all of us, happens. So we're going to go through and talk about, first off, what causes those budget shifts? Understanding what's the cause is so important. Next, we'll be talking about the legal process and fundraising impact because, as we all know, there's really that ripple effect. It doesn't just affect this one area. It affects everything. And then, of course, coaching our staff to communicate those budget changes so everyone understands the why, so they have their answers to those questions, but also they can answer the questions of all of the people that they talk with. So making sure we have that good communication. So let's go ahead and dive in. We've all been there, right? We have the best laid plan. We spent so much time with our team figuring out how much we're going to be raising, how much we're going to collect in revenue, how much each department needs, all of that overhead. And then all of a sudden, boom, life happens. Last year, we had a pandemic that shifted pretty much every single organization's budget and lives. But if we think about 
before last year, we had budget shifts beforehand. So let's remember back in 2018, 2019, you know, like 10, 20 years ago, if we all feel that way, how many of you have ever hit your budgets exactly? Exactly. Right on target. Every line on your budget was perfect. None of us, right? You may say, hey, we nailed rent because that didn't go up. But everything else changes. 2020 made us miss that mark even more than normal, but budget shifts are not something new. So it's best to prepare for those so that when we have large things happen, we already have that foundation in place to be able to communicate and work with those shifting things. So just to make sure everyone's on the same playing field here, I know most of us know this terminology, but just want to make sure, budget, that's what we expect. That's what we plan. We make our educated guess as to what our income and expense is going to be for the specific period. We look at previous things, what's going to happen next year. I know at the beginning of last year, we had a budget in our family. We had all these things planned, and everything changed. The actual is that's reality. That's what the bill actually said. That's how much we actually had to spend or how much we actually got in. Many organizations last year got lots more in donations than previously, but many got very few donations in. So that variance, that's that difference between our plan and reality. What happened between the two? So let's first of all talk about what causes budget variance. The first thing is the economy, right? When the economy's up, most of the time donations tend to go up with it. But when the economy's down, then donations normally decrease too. Sometimes with some human resource, or not human resource, sorry, some community organizations, they may have more donations during times of low economy, but other organizations may have less. So that really impacts our donations because many times our donations are tied to the GDP, the gross domestic product. Other things that impact it, social causes. One of my old managers used to say, support us, love us, until they find another cause to support. Sometimes politics or what's trending on social media can increase our donations or the amount we need for our programs, and sometimes that opposite is true. The weather definitely impacts us. I grew up in Michigan, and I know one year we had a terrible freeze, snowstorm, all of those things. That cost our organization so much more for those basic utilities. I've talked to organizations in Texas with the big freeze that they had. That really impacted the organization's utilities and also just the repair costs for broken pipes, all of those things. Another thing that can impact us is staff changes. We know in nonprofits and social good organizations, we have lots of staff turnover. Staff turnover is expensive. It's expensive to hire someone new. It's expensive to train them. That all is expensive. So when we have someone leave that we're not planning, then that adds to our expenses. Or maybe we're growing and we need to hire more people. All of those impact our budgets. The last thing is law and politics. Not going to talk politics, but we all know that really can impact everything from our donations to our mission our communication, all of those things can impact it. I know many years in the U.S. we've been talking about how we may go with a flat tax rate. How is that going to impact our organizations? How is that going to impact how many donations we get in? I know some people have talked about how that's impacted their organizations with the tax law changes just that we had last year regarding donations. So those kinds of things impact that variance. 
So let's go ahead and take a moment. I want to get feedback from all of you. Over the last few years, what variable has impacted your budget the most? I did not list COVID because I think all of us would say it was COVID. But beyond COVID, what are some of those variables that have impacted your budget the most? I'll go ahead and give everyone a moment to answer that. All right, let's take a look at the results. The economy and staff changes. Definitely. The economy is such a huge impact to your organization. When I started working in nonprofits, I realized how closely we are tied to that. Before that, I worked in finance, and I knew the stock market was definitely impacted by the economy, but I didn't realize that impact on the social good organizations until I, until I started getting involved in that area. And staff changes is huge. Right now, so many organizations with remote policies and all of those things, it's really an expense to replace people or to hire more people. Sometimes it's great to be able to hire more people because there's more people that need us, but that still is an unexpected expense. Or maybe we expected it, we just didn't expect that much of a change. So next, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Mary to talk about those legal process and fundraising impacts. Thanks, Mel. So, yeah, we're going to take a little look further into the ramifications of budget shifts because sometimes people don't realize there's a domino effect that kind of goes on with these shifts and what that can have on everything that we do from donor funds, how we do our daily work, how many times we fundraise and, and how we fundraise. So let's talk a little bit about that. Many of us have legal obligations, uh, just depending on the type of funding and gifts that we've received. You can't just switch midstream on how you use those funds. You know the federal grants and the state grants, restricted gifts, including donor-advised funds, private grants, and also endowed funds. These are all legal obligations that we have. When people give us that money, they expect certain things. I actually read in a blog that nonprofits need to be accountable and trustworthy or reliable and believable. And those words have significant weight and power. As a nonprofit, we have to make sure we're following the laws surrounding donor restrictions and endowments. We may want to dip into an endowment to cover some little operating costs, but legally we're bound. And to break a trust by just making that teeny tiny move, like taking a couple thousand dollars over here to pay this bill over here, that calls into question any fiscal decision we make going forward. And looking back, our legal obligation is to the endowment or donor restriction. Therefore, we must completely understand the law and we have to understand how to educate our staff and our supporters. So again, we're going to throw a little terminology at you. And most of us know this terminology, but again, to level the playing field, restricted gifts. When we talk about restricted gifts, we're talking about a donation that's being made for a very specific purpose, whether it's a temporary time-related uh, restriction or permanently designated by the donor. And then endowment, meaning more of a donation where money or property is used, the, the resulting investment income is used for the specific purpose. So, I mean, you may know that uh, information, you may understand those terms, but 
Do your coworkers understand those terms? How about your supporters? Do your supporters understand those terms? It's likely they don't. And I can't, I can't tell you how many dozens of times I've actually heard people say, well, why, why can't they just take that huge grant that they received and pay that bill over there? Or they just received this gigantic endowment and they shouldn't be so cheap as not to have the money for things that they need right now. That's an, a misunderstanding that we need to be able to help avoid or alleviate. So big question here is, have you proactively educated your staff and supporters as to what those terms mean, what restricted and endowment funds are? I've got a few options there. I'll give you a couple of seconds to go ahead and answer that question, then we'll see what we're looking at. Cool. So... Oh, this is great. This is awesome. What a wonderful group of, uh, of answers there. It looks like a lot of you are already proactively educating your staff and your supporters, but some of you are still either not or you're only educating your staff but not your supporters. And we're going to talk a little bit about what the potential changes you might be able to make are. So Remembering one of my favorite terms, I'm not a big sports person, but there's a great sports reference called the best defense is a good offense. If you set yourself up with a cool, uh, complete understanding and, and way to explain changes that might need to happen, then you're getting in front of any problems that might arise. You're getting in front of the communication train, so to speak, and being charging along and helping people understand. So let's talk a little bit about some ways that you might be able to be prepared to address changes. And I really like talking about this particular subject because policies and procedures are so incredibly important with regards to everything that you do. But definitely when you're when you're looking at being able to explain and, and do some of the things that are vital when you're working around budget changes. So you know, being prepared is also meaning that you're ready to address changes to your budget. Having a, a fully fleshed out budget update procedure in your policies and procedures guide is super important. So you might want to ask yourself, what is your budget update process? And maybe do you have a budget update process? Also, is it written down? Word of mouth is not a budget update process. Word of mouth is just you're telling each other and somebody's bound to forget part of the process. If it is written down, do you have a, a true flow? So in other words, maybe you've got a flow chart or something like that. Is it documented in some way? And if you're shaking your head or shrugging your shoulders to any of those questions, this should be the impetus for you to pull out that procedures guide and either start or finish documenting the process. If 2020 taught us anything, we now need to know what being agile is, and we need to be able to be agile so that we can make the difference between literally or figuratively keeping your doors open or having to close them. Instead of waiting for that next crisis to kick yourself into gear and start updating those policies and procedures, start now. Here are some questions that you can ask yourself to get your policy documented. How about what do you consider to be a change significant enough 
to engage an update procedure. And then things like who has to sign off on the change, who needs to write approvals for more money to be spent in one area versus another, what dollar level of change do you need management approval, do you need board approval for a certain dollar level or at all, and what do you, what order do you need to accomplish the tasks in? If you're going to build a flowchart, which is really very helpful, this is also a helpful question. What order do you need to do these tasks in order to accomplish the change? If you don't know what your process is or if you don't know where to start, maybe check your org's bylaws. If you check out what is stated in the bylaws, and that could be a good way to kind of get the ball rolling. Also, for those of you who are doing an internal audit, like that pre-audit for the big audit that you do, maybe being able to explain your variances is a good way for you to kind of preempt any sort of thoughts with regards to how to describe the budget changes that you are are going through. Um, if you have to say it to someone internally, you probably will, will be more likely to document it, write it down, and then be able to um, explain it externally or to other members of your staff. And there are a few potential fundraising changes that you might want to think about. If your appeals have wording that might indicate that you could use also use the funds that are being donated for a specific purpose or an area of greatest need, that's a, a way to at least preempt the idea that you are might have to shift should budget changes occur. So maybe update your appeal documentation or your website so that there's some form of wording that allows you to say gifts can be targeted to a specific area, but also can be used in the area where the need is greatest. And you could do some wording such as like heads up, we'll try and do this, you know, use the money for exactly what you're de designating, but we may need to adjust based on current events or something like that. And if you are going to make changes like that, remember to align these changes with appeal cards, uh, your website, and also your pledge agreements and your donor acknowledgement letters, and also your receipts so that you are indicating the same types of things on that material too. Just a little food for thought. What steps can you take to proactively educate about any legal obligations you have to your donors uh, based uh, with regards to your restrictions and such. And also you want to kind of, like I said before, get in front of any sort of reactionary outcry that might happen should you have to make a significant change. Uh, be prepared to proactively inform the public using, depending on, on what your needs are, you could use something like Zoom calls or one-to-many meetings, uh, announcing changes on social media or in organizational newsletters. Also, don't forget the, the impact that you can have in a one-to-one -one call for a significant donor or someone who is a new donor or might have questions, just reaching out to people and saying, hey, this is going to happen and letting them know why. And of course, go where your supporters are. Uh, traditional media outlets such as newspapers or local networks, 
might also be a good place, or even public broadcasting. That's just potentially another way for you to contact your uh, public and let them know about any changes that might be happening. 